Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello. Welcome to Telling Everybody Everything. It is Wednesday, the 20th of October now. A glorious day. It's sunny and it's raining at once. The most beautiful weather. The UK weather that I have come to know and love. Yes, I'm still struggling with my local GP practice. I got the doctor on the phone today. I asked him for a prescription and he said, no. He said, you can contact all your private doctors, get their sign off on any care that they've given you. Then, and only then, can I prescribe you a very innocuous lupus drug that is not a controlled substance that you would not definitely be scamming off me. You need permission from the private people for me to give it to you on the NHS. Well, blow me down, mate, because maybe they don't want to give me that permission. Maybe they'd like to continue to see me every six weeks and earn 300 pounds from telling me absolutely nothing. I just think, I mean, you know what we need? Channel 4 needs to do a series. This is right up their street where privileged people aristocrats, celebrities, socialites, whomever, try to navigate public services. Oh my God, wouldn't it be awesome to make an MP try to get an appointment at his local GP? Like, that would be fucking hilarious. Hi, Boris Johnson. Just without any aids, without any special, you know, do it like the undercover boss where we don't know you're Boris Johnson. You just rock up. You try to fill out the Bible of medical history and paperwork that it takes to get into your GP. You show them all the documentation to prove where you live and that you pay tax there, although I'm sure you don't. You go in there and try to get in the window of the 8.30 a.m. call to get an appointment and get put on hold for 45 minutes. And then when someone, if someone finally answers your call, they have to preface it with, please don't swear at whoever answers the call. I know you're pissed off. I know you feel like abusing someone because we've gaslit you to within an inch of your life and we've messed you around all morning. Someone's about to answer the phone now. Don't call them a fucking bitch, okay? Please. Hello? (laughs) You fucking bitch! You know, it's really difficult. Of course, they have to put that um, warning at the beginning because they've put everyone in position where they're ready to swear. Let's watch Jacob Rees-Mogg navigate that. (laughs) I need to get inoculations for my 12 children, please. They'll be like, great, we can do those inoculations when your children are 46 years old. Well, I don't know what to say next. Actually, his voice, I can't even do the level of poshness that that haunted pencil's voice sounds like. But it's basically impossible, and I've been too spoiled for too long, and I love that I'm getting down with the people and trying to book these GP appointments because it's reminding me 
how fucking impossible it is. And I won't go into it too much, you know. Some people misunderstood the last time I was talking about the NHS. They're like, well, Catherine, it's not their fault. And it's underfunded on purpose because our government's trying to privatize it. I know. I know that. I'm not blaming anyone within the NHS. I just think I'm constantly shocked at what a flawed system it is. And one day, I'm going to do something to change it. I think starting with this show. Get celebrities to try to go on benefits. Get celebrities to try to get job seekers allowance. Have a celebrity go try to get child maintenance from someone who pretends not to have a job. Deal with Ian Duncan Smith's special branch of family services, the DWP, whatever the hell that's called. Good luck. Good luck, Jamie Lang. You know, let's just get some of our favorite personalities to try to do that. And let's take English away from some of them. Let's be like, you try to make an appointment with the dentist. And by the way, you can't speak English and you can't say who you are. (laughs) Good luck. Maybe a musical. NHS, the musical. Hello. Hello. I'd like to make an appointment, please. I've been very sick for weeks. Sick with what? Sick with lupus. I don't know what that is. Let me Google it in front of you. Please, please don't patronize me by using a search engine to navigate a chronic illness I've had all my life. Had all my life. I've Googled it now. I see what it is. No, you can't see a doctor. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I am the next Lynn Manuel. That much is clear. But you know what, Catherine? Stop. Nothing can darken my mood. The best has happened. The greatest news of my life, and that is Kourtney Kardashian, my favorite of all the Kardashians, is engaged to her current beau, the drummer, Travis Barker. They have been canoodling for a few months now. They have been laying it on thick with the very public displays of affection, and I like it because young people see that and they're like, ew, mom. No, not ew, mom. Romance is not reserved for you. In fact, a lot of you who are like starting to touch each other and think about stuff like that you're way too young you're basically being a pedo to yourself shelve that shelve all of that until your 30s or 40s normalize finding this kind of true love in your 40s this is Kourtney Kardashian's first marriage by the way when she marries Travis she did not bother marrying Scott Disick because she knew that that was a bad investment she loved him she had three children with him but she knew you know what I can't add an extra layer of legal hardship to this entanglement because he never treated her fully right. And if you don't like the Kardashians, maybe you're tuning out now because you're like, I don't even want to hear a single thing about this fucking family. Listen, because when I talk about celebrity, there's always a meta narrative. There are always clues for your own life in using the example of what celebrities show you. Because maybe you have children with someone and you don't like them. Maybe they don't treat you well. Maybe they're an addict, which isn't their fault. It's a disease, but, you know, it doesn't mean it's something you should tolerate. Maybe they cheat with girls in Mexico. Maybe they're bullshit, like Scott Disick was for Courtney. You don't have to tolerate that. I think the best thing to do is exactly what she did, which is have three children with your starter boyfriend so that during the baby phase, when you're at each other's throats anyway, that's, you know, that's on your first go round. That is used up with your first try. And then choose someone that you think is a good genetic candidate, someone that you can tolerate just about for around a decade. And then when your children are grown and you have freedom, like Courtney and Travis have, because their children are all, you know, of an age where they're not babies, right? I think Courtney's eldest 
is like Violet's age, kind of 13. And then the youngest one is what, like eight or nine. You have freedom then. You can do things. Travis's kids are grown, grown, like teenagers. And that is the sweet spot. That's when you go find your true love in your 40s, in your 50s. And a lot of young people are like, but you're dead by then. No, you're not. No, this is key. I was really smart, actually, when I had Violet with someone that wasn't right for me. Because when I met Bobby, Violet was such good company, going on holidays with us, hanging out with us, going places. I had a lot of freedom. Bobby and I could go to events, go to dinner. Violet was at her friends. Now look what I've done. I have ruined my relationship in my late 30s with my true love by having a fucking baby with him. And now we can't go anywhere and we can't sleep and we've had two arguments. This was a mistake. What I've learned is your true love is coming after your children are grown. Have your children with your starter husband. That is the tea. That's what Courtney has taught us. And she and Travis were friends first. They were neighbors. Their children were friends. And now they just have the most beautiful relationship. And I think he's a really nice guy. I've only had brief interactions with him. I've read his autobiography, but I like what I see. And I think he's finally going to treat her right. How romantic to get engaged and to get married for the first time ever in your 40s. Or, you know, not at all. But if you want to do it, do it. I didn't marry anyone before Bobby. Was not interested. God bless their love. God bless their public displays of affection. Less God bless to their friendship with Megan Fox. And whatever that guy's name is, I'm not interested in those two. Which brings me to Scott Disick, someone else that I'm not interested in. Someone that I have dragged for his penchant for dating teenage girls. Scott, if you're unfamiliar, the Lord Disick was with Courtney for a long time, for all of the Kardashian seasons. And their relationship was exploited on the show quite a lot in the beginning. And Courtney's very private now, and I think that has a lot to do with why. She's like, look, I like the money, I like being famous, but I need a lot of days off and I want to raise my kids and I don't really want to be on this show. And you used me enough in the beginning when my kids were small and Scott was getting drunk and putting money in waiters' mouths and breaking mirrors and acting the fool early in the seasons. <sighs> He's an addict. He's not well. He's never been entirely well. And that I have sympathy for. And I see in the press now a lot of gloating, a lot of enjoyment that he is down in the dumps about this engagement. Oh, Scott's going crazy. They actually use the word crazy in the tabloids because we've learned nothing from the hashtag be kind free Britney movement. We've learned absolutely nothing. They're like, oh, look at Scott. He's really spiraling out of control. He's really going crazy. He really can't stand that Courtney's finally found love with someone else. He wants Courtney back. Let's leave Scott alone for a bit because this could end in the worst way. He's definitely, I mean, I'm not a psychologist, but he has high points and low points. If I'm to believe that anything from the series is rooted in realism, which I do, I feel sad that he dates teenage girls, sad for teenage girls, sad for society, but also quite sad for him because I think it shows a real insecurity, a real need to dominate someone and a real childlike a level of maturity when a 40-year-old man is hanging around with 19-year-old girls. And also 19-year-old girls, no offense to you, they're not going to be able to offer the kind of support that he needs right now if he is indeed sad about this engagement, which he should be. Of course you would be. The mother of your children, who's always a good mother, could have been a successful partner for you, but you squandered it by banging who knows who in Mexico. Um, she's actually being 
honored and cherished by someone who is deserving of her. That is sad, probably, for a man like Scott. And I think we need to definitely lay off. I'm certainly going to go easy on him because it's all fun and games to be like critical of behavior um, and to empower young women by saying, don't fuck a 40-year-old man. That is really pathetic. But when he's actually going through a tough time, we learn nothing. Like Lamar. Lamar was an addict. Lamar was going through a tough time. He nearly died. And luckily, he's doing better. Chloe has moved on. Scott, I think, might be going through a hard time soon. And I hope that he gets better. I genuinely hope that. Because the best thing that Courtney can do is what the Kardashian women have always done, which is be respectful and kind about the fathers of their children and move forward with their head held high in a position of love and light and good vibes. And for you... I mean, if you are out there and you have babies with a man that you're hot and cold about, don't worry. Don't worry. Because when your children are grown, you can leave him and that true love will come along. Oh, yeah. Older relationships, like, I'm so happy that I met Bobby when I met him. I think that if we had married back when I wanted to marry, uh, when we were like 18 and stayed in Sarnia, we'd have 10 kids and we'd be miserable. Just Fred alone. Like, we're happy we have him, but having a baby, raising a baby with someone is very trying to say the least. My mom, she met Abe the babe, her true love when she was almost 40. This is where it's at guys. So don't be in a rush. My mom's here, by the way, my mom's visiting and it's wonderful to have her here. Fred though, kind of knows who I am. So I don't think that he will allow her to be as helpful as she wants to be because he just mostly cries for me though. Things are improving. And I sing to Fred. I don't want to sing to Fred, but he likes it. It soothes him. And so I do. And my mom, God love her, chimes in. And I think that's why Bobby's golf schedule has increased this week, because there's just too much singing in the house for someone like him, who's not raised in a flamboyant household like I am. My mom sings every time I sing. Sometimes she harmonizes to the songs that I'm singing. She's like right over my shoulder, like a fucking poltergeist. I'll just be holding Fred singing to him. And I hear in the background, like, if you go out in the woods today, ah, look behind me. There's my mom. Or sometimes she'll do that row, row, row your boat thing where I'll be going, where is Fred, Fred? Where is Fred, Fred? There he is. There he is. And she goes, where is He's a very is good Fred, boy. Fred, very sweet and special. Clever he boy. It is quite something when you're in the car on the way to Leeds. But you know, it's cool. I'm so happy that my mom could finally meet Fred. He's four months old. He's met no one from our family. This is definitely starting a very dangerous precedent. So you can expect that my dad and Cher Bear will be here shortly. Then Bobby's entire family will be here shortly. And it's just all going to kick off from here. So There you go, Fred. We had a solid four months without company, and now it's just going to be a full house. My mom accompanied me to the Cheltenham Literary Festival. Violet came as well. She's on half term. That was a fun girls' night out. We also went to see Come From Away the other night at the Phoenix Theater in London. Come From Away is amazing. It is about 9-11 and all the planes that had to land in Gander, Newfoundland. And that's just the most friendly place that you can land. And everyone was like, oh, hello there, buddy. What happened? Oh, you want to come stay at my house? Shower in mine? Take my barbecue? Sleep in my bed? Fuck my wife? You know, everyone was just so nice. 
Paris, and their population doubled in like two hours because all these planes had to obviously emergency land, the airspace was closed, while the U.S. government was trying to figure out what was going on. And it's just, it's a play that makes you really proud to be Canadian when you watch that. Then there's a weird feminist twist near the end where one of the pilots is like, by the way, I was the first female pilot. It's like, what? And she sings about being a woman flying a plane. I mean, it is a true story, but it's an interesting like departure from the narrative. I liked it, though, as its own standalone piece of like, by the way, girls can fly planes. All right. Um, See that if you can. It's brilliant. And they let you bring real glasses of wine into the theater. I had one red wine and Violet, such a dick. She goes, Mom, please promise me you will not get tipsy. This is what she does, like in front of people. And I think she's doing it on purpose. Please, Mom, promise me that you will put a limit and not. Violet, I drove here. Fucking it. Anyway, it's great to have everyone here. And thank you for downloading the audiobook, The Audacity on Audible. It's doing so well as an audiobook, by the way. And I think that I know that is the podcast audience. You're used to listening to things. The Audacity is like a seven or eight hour podcast, basically, that is well thought out and written beforehand, unlike this podcast is just like a stream of consciousness. I really appreciate you downloading that. And if you get the physical book too, I love that. The Tesco version has a special chapter about Jen and Fiona, my glam squad. Asda has a version with like lovely pink pages in support of a breast cancer charity, Tickled Pink. You can get it at Waterstones, WH Smith, lots of different booksellers. You can get it on Amazon or I even saw it at Costco, I think is the cheapest one. I don't really know. I don't really know the elastic pricing of books, but it's not my business to know. I'm just very grateful that you're reading it. Thank you so much. I hope that it entertains you, makes you laugh. Maybe you're going on holiday and you need a saucy little read with lots of spicy secrets about some of my mistakes, some of my relationships, the time I auditioned to be in a Shanapal music video. Appreciate you getting that. Um, please keep getting it for people you love and for Christmas and all these other things. Christmas, guys, is in like less than two months. Holy shit. What are you being for Halloween, by the way? What are you being? What is a good family costume that I could be with BK? Little Violet, Littler Fred. Well, I mean, Violet and Fred are honestly about the same size. Fred's 20 pounds. I have lost 35 pounds since he was born, which like you don't need to crash diet or anything to lose weight. If you have a baby and you happen to lose weight, I mean, it's nothing I've done. I eat like an animal, but he's just sucking the life out of me. And I went on a photo shoot the other day. This was a bit hurtful. I mean, I hope I'm not talking out of school too much here, but we did a photo shoot for press and they didn't like it for whatever reason and in some of the emails back and forth it was like it's quite difficult actually working with a non-model which is what I am apparently a non-model is the nicest way to be like fat slag and then they asked for my true measurements they were like we know Jen told us she's a, a size 10 but could we actually get her true waist measurements uh it's not my waist that's bigger it's my huge humongous tits that change like a fucking sundial depending on the time of day my tits are different sizes because I'm breastfeeding and my ribs like my rib cage is bigger so I'm sorry if I looked like some of those outfits were tight but we would not lie to you about my size anyway the shoot was not good enough because I'm a non-model so we had to do an entire reshoot and I'm very happy to you know try to get these pics right I'm very grateful to the publication for you know trying to help me promote my tour and my book but to call me a non-model and then question my size and then take a whole extra day that I do not have. I just hope this, this shoot works out. I hope it looks nice. But I did notice some of the clothes were fucking baggy. 
you'll know. I won't even say what shoot it is. You'll know when it comes out when it looks like I'm swimming in a dress and a coat because I'm not as fat as you think I am. And if I was, I'd be very proud to be. But I'm shrinking by the minute because my son is a monster and is sucking the life out of me. And if anything looked like it didn't fit me, will just give me five minutes to breast pump. Won't anyone in this industry give me five minutes to breast pump? No, they won't. Oh my, that's what's been going on. That's what's been going on. I'm a non-model, but I am definitely a non-therapist. It doesn't mean that I'm not skilled in both those areas though. Uh, Amateur, I'm maintaining my amateur status for the Olympics. When I come back from these important messages, I will be reading your emails. Hopefully we have time to get to a bunch because I'm so excited to see them. If you wanna write me an email just uh, to give me some advice or to ask me a question, maybe you need some of my advice, the address is telling everybody everything at gmail.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot of emails today, starting with this one, not talking masturbation, question mark. Catherine, I'm late to the party with this one, but I recently uh, found out you had a podcast. I'm a fan of your comedy. I've enjoyed the podcast. However, when you said in the testicle murderer episode from July 2020 that parents should not talk to their children about masturbation, I found myself shaking my head. Yes, these conversations can be embarrassing and uncomfortable, but I think it's really important, especially for young girls, to understand that sex is a pleasurable thing and that for a lot of people, being intimate with someone else comes from first being comfortable with themselves and knowing what they like. I am a psychotherapist, and I cannot tell you how many adults have warped and damaging responses and interpretations when it comes to sex. I think it's especially important for today's young people to hear, since sex education in schools is lacking, and they get most of their information from porn, where, save for a few female-friendly sites, women are used as sexual objects without any sense of autonomy or individual pleasure. Talking to young people about masturbation reinforces control over their bodies, the importance of consent, and encourages a healthy sense of curiosity, communication, and exploration with themselves and with future sexual partners. Not talking about these things breeds misinformation, shame, and guilt, but having dialogues with young people challenges all of that and helps combat the negative and distorted views pornography can portray. I am not anti-porn completely. I just think it's damaging for young people who believe it's real life and copy it themselves without thoughts on how they feel or what they want to do. As well, it's all violence and abuse of women. Yes, a lot of it is. 
Anyway, I know I'm way too late for this to still be relevant as a callback on your podcast, but I wanted to share my view because you sound like an open-minded person who appreciates hearing other people's stances. You, though, sound like you don't listen because I never said that I am against talking to young people about masturbation. I said, I'm not doing it. I'm not talking to my daughter about masturbation because in our specific relationship, I don't feel like it's appropriate. I don't feel like it would enhance the parts of, you know, her understanding about sex that you are describing. It would be great if we could all talk to our kids um, openly and without shame or embarrassment about masturbation and be like, yeah, but we just don't all have that relationship. Um, It could cause a lot more harm than good, I think, in some cases. Oh, hang on. I'm listening back to this episode to see what I said. I a 13-year-old daughter. She's very smart, sassy, and mature. We've had the talk, but I'm pretty sure she has discovered masturbation. I walked in on her few very awkward bedroom situations, and I'm wondering if I need to or should address it. We've discussed the mechanics of sex and the emotional... Okay, so this woman wrote me a letter. She walked in on her 13-year-old masturbating, and I said, definitely don't bring that up. Because I feel like she'll be embarrassed. And obviously she already knows about masturbating because she's 13 and masturbating. So you didn't listen, psychotherapist. I'm not saying nobody talked to their children about masturbation. In that context of testicle murderer episode, a mom walked in on a 13-year-old who already knows how to masturbate. I really feel like in my personal household, there's no way that I would be like, let's talk about what I saw. No, no, double down hard. I stand by my original no. Ooh, here's one that's very relevant to my former life. Catherine, the new Hooters uniform. I just saw an article on the new Hooters uniform and the outrage from the women being asked to wear these. What is your opinion? My sister messaged me about this. Okay, so I worked at Hooters. A lot of you know that. The uniform there is a white vest, except sometimes during American football season, we wear black instead. And then orange shorts. These orange shorts are modeled off like 80s track shorts. We wear them with big um, white socks and white trainers. They've updated the uniform so that the shorts show more of your bum cheeks. Here's an article about it. Waitresses are lashing back at their new uniform standards. It's a restaurant train known for their Hooters girls. Low cut tops and shorts, da 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 da. Hooters released a statement in October 2021 saying their employees were able to choose whether or not they wanted to wear the new uniforms or continue wearing the old ones. A statement reads, as we continue to listen to and update the image of Hooters girls, we are clarifying they have the option to choose from traditional uniforms or the new ones. They can determine which style of shorts best fits their body style and personal image. Our Hooters girls are providing input at every stage, including future clothing items and accessories. We remain committed to empowering our most valuable asset the girls and working together to provide the best tutors experience all right so these shorts show more booty and that is actually what we were begging for when we worked at Hooters. We did not want to wear the old-fashioned 80s ones that come just below the bum cheeks. We were always rolling them up, just like girls in school roll up their uniform skirts. Because, I don't know, if you're someone who gets a job at Hooters, then you're, a, I don't know, I assume generally you'll be a little bit of an exhibitionist young sexy you want to show your ass a bit i certainly did and i was rolling those shorts up i was trying to get as much of my ass out as i could just for fun i don't know just because i was like this looks better um i doubt that a lot of hooter girls are coming like up against this uniform like how dare they i want to stay with the traditional very muted 
sensible uniform that hid like one inch more of my ass. I mean, I don't know. I think it's a whole lot of hoopla over nothing. And I like the Hooters statement of being like, you can wear these little booty shorts or not. Um, yeah, I mean, if you don't want to wear, show your ass, there are lots of different jobs for you. And equally, if you want to wear the traditional uniform, Hooters is saying it's fine. So chill out. Oh gosh, this one's spicy. Catherine, am I supportive or psychotic? My husband and I have been together for 10 years and married for a year and a half. Recently, he's expressed to me that he is not straight. He's attracted to feminine, gentle features and doesn't care about the gender of the person. I asked him if he regrets never having an experience with other people as we got together so young. and We've only ever been intimate with each other. He says that he would never want to do anything that could put our relationship in jeopardy and that he knows he has everything he needs. He told me to be honest with me. I'm the only person he's ever told. He only realized this part of his sexuality once we got married and has always been my biggest supporter. I want him to have the opportunity to embrace this newly discovered side of him without stepping out of our vows. I know he wants to have someone who understands to talk to, and we don't know anyone he would feel comfortable discussing this with, so I suggest the possibility of paying a trans sex worker for their time to have someone he understands to talk to? I don't want to be insensitive. I feel this person's time and openness could be very helpful to him. Am I being insensitive about the LGBTQ plus community? Is this what supportive looks like? Or am I completely psychotic to suggest this? Oh my gosh. I mean, whoa, a lot to unpack. If you want to hire a sex worker who's trans, I think that, I don't know if they want to counsel your husband about stuff. I think they want to probably have sex. Um... I don't know if that's their area of speciality, but maybe, you know, I don't know if you explained it to them beforehand and you're like, I'm booking you for your time to discuss things with my husband. Maybe they'd be up for it. I think you talk about boundaries of what they want to do. I don't know. Um, I question though, whether this is you like overreaching being like, Oh, my husband says he's not entirely straight so I need to like pull out all the stops and the fireworks and like hire a trans sex worker I feel like you've gone from zero to 100 babe I feel like most of our husbands are probably not 100% straight and most of us are probably not 100% straight that's what I'm learning from the the kids from the youth that we're all on a spectrum and that's not to say we all need to be hiring trans sex workers for each other I think that you don't have to be non-binary or attracted to you know I guess what would he be a um not bisexual there's a pansexual right he's just attracted to like the person whomever that might be I don't think that you have to also be pansexual to empathize to have a chat with someone I think maybe he could have a talk with a regular therapist or even just with a friend that he feels safe talking to like even you like I don't think you need to get a sex worker if you say there's no one else then fine but like here's the other thing bisexual people from my experience my friends they get a bad rap for being like oh well how can you be fully committed to your partner if you're bi because if you're with a woman you'll always be thinking about a man and if you're with a man you'll always be thinking about a woman that's not true it's just like I like men but just because I'm with my husband who's a man it doesn't mean I'm thinking about other men like monogamy is possible for everyone no matter what your sexual orientation is so if you're thinking that he needs to go and have sex with a trans person if that's like your actual end game in hiring a sex worker he doesn't need to if if you guys have agreed that monogamy is what you want in your marriage it doesn't matter that he 
never had an opportunity with someone from a different gender or, you know what I mean? This is a lot. I think leave things how they are. If he wants to talk to a therapist, if you think it's too much of a burden on your shoulders or you're not really understanding correctly, I don't think you need to go the full hog and hire a sex worker. If you want to hire a sex worker for sex, I think go ahead. But there's lots of literature online to read about these things. I think um, you can be monogamous and be pansexual or bisexual or whatever. And no one else is looking at their husband after 10 years and going, oh, you only got to fuck me and that must be so hard on you. No. Guess what? You get to fuck me. You're very lucky. You're my wife. You're my husband. We've been together a decade and we're going to be together for five more decades. So get used to not putting your dick in anyone else. Oh my gosh. Here's one about someone whose mom has STDs. Catherine, please keep me anonymous. Back in March, my mom got sick and we were all worried about her. After a long time, she finally shared with us that our stupid asshole stepfather had slept with a fucking prostitute during lockdown, sex worker babe, and had passed her a bunch of STDs. Just the thought of my mom having to go to a sexual health clinic and be told to have a chat with her husband breaks my heart. Plus, all the illnesses she suffered and the worry that comes with that, it all makes me so fucking fuming. Long story short, my mom is still living with the twat who I never really liked to start with. She has visual impairment and is deaf? So I feel that may have impacted her decision a little. However, I've come to terms with the fact that it's not my life or my relationship. So all I'll do is be a daughter and a friend to her whilst setting my own boundaries. Recently, the travel restrictions lifted where we are. Mom asked me if her husband could come to visit, and I said, no. That's the correct answer. She's accepted it. We've now decided to go home with our two kids, one of whom is only a newborn, so she's never even met her grandmother. And we always stay with mom for so many positive reasons. I need to have the conversations with her that we cannot bear to be around her husband and that my anger will just make it uncomfortable for everyone. My partner also hates the thought of being around that disease-spreading ass. My question is, what's the best way to approach this with my mom? Surely I can't ask someone to move out of their home, but from our perspective, that is the best scenario. We do have other places to stay, but it would be much harder for my mom to have time with her grandchildren and would be much less comfortable for all of us genuinely keen to hear your thoughts my gosh well I'm so sorry it's so painful to watch someone that you love be mistreated especially when she sounds more vulnerable because she has these impairments like especially I mean I don't know the details but if if they're new impairments like how confusing it would be to have all this news given to you at once like oh the person that you rely on the most is cheating on you that's like difficult and you have to process that grief and then also you're sick and you have these STDs my god what a dick I think that if it were me I would confront him I know you never want to talk to him again and you just want him out of your life you don't want him near your grandchildren and you don't want to be close to him I get that but you give my mom STDs you're going to hear a whole lot of where to fuck off to from me and then it's so difficult because you want to support your mom and her choices but you don't want to be seen to to normalize it and make it okay I would stay somewhere else I wouldn't stay there and I'd be like look you're a big enough girl to you know woman whatever you want to say to to set an example for your children and your grandchildren and that's what people don't realize is that if you allow abuse or coercive control or this type of treatment in your own life 
it trickles down to the rest of your family. It's painful for them to watch. But also if you are the matriarch, if you're meant to be the one who's, you know, the most wise and looking after everyone else, you have to look after yourself. You owe it to them or they're going to distance themselves from you. So I would be like, mom, I've always looked up to you. I understand why it's difficult to leave, but I'm drawing a line in the sand. I don't ever want to see this person because he's not worthy of my audience or yours. You need to get rid of him. And I love you and I know it's hard, but I'm not exposing our grandchildren to this person who has physically hurt you by giving you STDs and who's betrayed you. And maybe she'll see the light, but definitely for now I would stay somewhere else and I would get in a dark room with this man and make him scared. That is all the time that we have for today on Telling Everybody Everything. I'm off now to Dorking. I will be doing my brand new show, Misses There, this evening. Tomorrow, that's Thursday, October 21st, I'm in Manchester. October 22nd, Friday, I'm in Middlesbrough, and I continue to tour all around. So if you want to find my tour dates, please go to the Live Nation or Ticketmaster website. I don't even think my website's live anymore because it got hacked by someone, and I kind of didn't care. Um, yeah, I'm on tour. You can basically Google it. Google what lupus is while you're at it. Um, that qualifies you to be a doctor in many boroughs. Thank you so much for all of your messages. Thank you for ordering the Audacity book or audiobook. And I will see you next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.